Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au. Psalm 92 and verse 1 says this, as plain as this, it is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord. It's a good thing to give thanks. When it comes to gratitude, we usually think though in terms of things that have happened for us. Answers to prayer, that new job that you are after or the promotion. Maybe you're building a new home or moved into a new place. Maybe there's a new relationship, pardon me, a new relationship on the horizon for you or maybe in your business contracts are getting signed. And we tend to think about all that kind of stuff as going, well, I'm grateful after something has happened for me. But I think that there are things that we all ought to be grateful for that often get overlooked in just the, our rush for more. We live in a world where we're always after what's coming next, where FOMO, the fear of missing out, drives lots of lives, where envy has become institutionalised in our social media. And I'm not against any of that. I'm not some troglodyte, you know, Luddite who's against all progress. I'm just saying, make sure in the middle of all of that, that you don't spend your whole life chasing what's not here yet, but that you pause and go, God, I'm grateful for this in my life. And I'm not doing a kind of some Pollyannaish, well, wouldn't it be lovely? Some kind of kumbaya moment. I actually practically want every single one of us online and in the building I want you to pause today and say, God, I'm going to actually give thanks. Because the Bible doesn't say, think thanks. It doesn't say, imagine thanks. It doesn't say, deep in your heart, be thankful. It says there in Psalm 92 verse 1, it is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord. All right? Here's the first thing I think that often gets overlooked when it comes to gratitude, first thing is influence in our lives. Matthew 5, verse 13 to 14, Jesus has got His first team meeting with His disciples and He says this to these people. He says, You are the salt of the earth and you are the light of the world. But they have not preached one sermon. They haven't prayed for one sick person and seen a miracle. They haven't travelled anywhere. They are simply sitting, listening to Jesus at the beginning of all that's going to unfold. And they hear Him say, you are, not you're going to be, but that you are the salt of the earth and you are the light of the world. Everybody knows about influencers and how much money they get paid to endorse a certain product or to be able to say, I went to this restaurant and, and, you know, that's all cool. All those kind of influences, it's the buzzword, the buzz thing. They're getting paid for doing nothing but lending their followers, which is you, uh, to somebody commercially. And yet the reality is that according to that Scripture, every single one of you, you and I, we are God's influences. Every single one of us. God is not trying to recruit some celebrity, some actress or person like that, some fitness guru, but we are God's influences. 
And when I stop and I think about the people who've had great and long lasting influence on my life, well, they're not always well known or celebrated. You've heard me speak often about my mum and my dad who were never famous. They were never celebrated in some extraordinarily large way. But every day I thank God for the influence of my mother and my father on my life. Every day I'm grateful for people that were humble enough to not go, no matter what, I've got to be a success. They thought success was the will of God for their life. They thought success was serving God in a small country town that no one's ever heard of. They thought it's success to speak to groups of people. Well, uh, most of the time our family was larger. We filled up more rows in the church than anyone. I was talking to my sister just yesterday and I said, do you remember the time mum and dad, we drove out to Roma. Now Roma was 200 miles from our home and literally would have taken us all day to get there. But there was this thing called the Sunday School of the Air. And I don't know all about it, but I just remember that the Woodward family singers were the featured item on the Sunday School of the Air. I was probably there about yay big. I wasn't very, uh, I think it was just the, the first four or five kids. And I don't remember even what we sang. But you know, my mum and dad never thought that travelling 200 miles all day was a waste of time to stand in a makeshift studio and sing a song to people that they would never meet. I thank God for the influence of people like that. My sister reminded me about a grand old farmer called Tom Ely. Tom was an old guy who just decided the kids of the town needed something more than just, uh, you know, what was available. He owned the picture theatre. So he started the, you couldn't call it this nowadays, he called it the children's happy hour. <laughs> the kids' happy hour. You call it that now, and I think the, the licensing police would be up there to check out what you got going. But you know, there was Tom Ely with a slide projector. And I still remember taking home what he called the wordless book. There was black for the colour of the heart, you know, full of sin. There was red for the blood of Jesus. And then there was the white that our heart became after we received Christ. Then there was the gold for our final destination. I remember that and that's, well, let me just say it's a long, long time ago. But I still remember that and I remember the faithfulness of a man that none of you have ever heard of except that I've just told you about him. A farmer, not a preacher, not an ordained minister, but a farmer who said, let me make a difference in the lives of children. And he ran the kids happier. I don't think he ever got 30 kids because that would have been the entire child population of the town probably. But you know, he never got more than that. I think of an old guy called Harry Flatt, who when I was a young wild man, came up to me one day and he said to me this, he said, how is your soul? Oh my goodness, that just stopped me right in my tracks. If he'd said, how you doing? I had a quick answer. If he'd said, you know, you, you know are you behaving yourself? I could have lied my way out of that. But when he said to me, how's your soul? I still remember that man and the question that he asked. See, the reality is that every one of us has influence. 
Don't say to me, oh yeah, but no one knows who I am. Oh, somebody knows who you are. Somebody is on the other side of your simple obedience to Christ, of my simple obedience to Christ. It's not a, a pulpit that you need. It's the platform God's already given you. Here's the second thing that gets overlooked that I believe we ought to be grateful for. And that's the people that are in your life right now. Isn't it funny how, you know, somebody famous comes along and we want their autograph. We never often thank the people who are right in our space. Psalm 68 verse 6 says, God puts the solitary, the alone ones, He puts them in families. That's why I love the online space. Hi Mike up there in Howard Springs in the Northern Territory in lockdown. I thank God it doesn't matter. You could be in lockdown physically, but you're not in lockdown spiritually. And God says, even though you're in solitary, I put you into connection and into family. And Maria in Indonesia and Stephanie in Colombia, all those people online this morning. God says, don't, you don't have to live your life alone. You can actually be in a family setting. You might say, Jeff, but I, I, you know, it's only online. I go, I don't ever diminish just where you are. Don't kind of think that takes away from it. Your connection can be strong. You can be involved. You can find a way to serve even in that kind of space. Proverbs chapter 27, verse 10 says, Better is a neighbour nearby than a friend far away. Amen. So are you thankful for the people that are in your world? Come on. When was the last time you went home and said to the people in your home, I'm really grateful for you? Amen. I was thinking the other day about this guy, this fellow I knew, and Rhonda knows who I'm talking about. And and, uh, his wife said to him once, this is a true story, and said, you know, do you love me? And he said, I told you I loved you when I married you. And if anything changes, I'll let you know. (laughs) Can't you just feel the warmth and the love? Can't you imagine the romance that followed that great declaration? Not. Huh? When was the last time, seriously? You might go, oh, God, yeah, don't, you know, you know, I'd feel weird. That's the problem is we feel weird being grateful. We feel weird saying to the people, you know, turn up with flowers at home. What are they for? It's like the guy who said to the man and the wife and, and, you know, they're talking to the marriage counsellor and the marriage counsellor says to the man, I bet you don't even know your wife's favourite flower. And he turned to his wife and he said, it's self-raising, isn't it? We Aussies are so frightened of appearing to be crawlers. That's the Aussie term for it, if you're from somewhere else, you know, sucking up, uh, uh, you know, whatever. Uh, You know, kind of like somehow rather ingratiating, that's the nice term, ingratiating ourselves, trying to, you know, curry favour with somebody. Sometimes we're so afraid of that, we don't just stop and say to the people that are in our world, hey, I'm grateful for you. I really am, I'm grateful for you. Thank you for being someone who's in my life right now. Amen. Amen. Something's going to be great in every Metro Church house. Here's the third thing 
that I believe every one of us needs to be grateful for but can get overlooked is simple kindnesses. This week, I saw a beautiful black Porsche four-wheel drive going around the block. I thought, that's a bit strange. And I was wearing my walking the dog in the bush gear. I was wearing shorts. I'm wearing big work boots with boyangs. They're called in Queensland. West Australians are nicer. They call them overbooties. Whatever. And I got a shirt on and I've got my Cobra that Rhonda says should never be seen in public. It's got a big hole in the crown and the sweat band slowly gets larger. It's going to one day consume the entire hat. And, uh, and there am I doing, I can't remember even what I was doing. And I see this guy get out of the Porsche and he comes up to me and it's the guy who used to own the house across the road. And he said, how are you? He said, you look amazing. I quickly handed him the car to my optometrist. But the reason, the backstory for that was this. When 11 years ago, I think it was, I was diagnosed with a malignant cells and needed to go and have chemo or whatever, this man didn't know what else to do. But he came over to my house and he gave me a chocolate cake. Do you know I've never forgotten that? I thanked him for it again. I said, Leon, I remember you gave me a cake and he went off. His wife looked at him and said, you did what? <laughs> so I'm imagining he never baked it. But it doesn't matter. The fact of the matter, this guy didn't know what else to do, but to do an act of simple kindness and give me a chocolate cake. And here am I 11 years later, and I still remember Leon and his chocolate cake. Out of all that, I don't remember the name of every nurse that stuck a needle in my arm. But I do remember the person who turned up with kindness. It was, I think, the year after I'd finished the treatment that Rhonda, I said to Rhonda, we better go to Hillsong Conference and just prove I'm not dead yet. Because <laughs> we used to go every year. Michael Battersby was on Mingle Time. Michael used to run the whole creative stream for Hillsong Conference. And uh, I turned up there and I'm sitting in the VIP section. I'm not sure I'd get there nowadays, but I was there then. And this young man came up to me and he said, you don't know me, you don't know my church. He said, but I just want you to know that we have prayed for you in chapel every single week. And I'm going, I don't even know who you are. I still remember it, I can remember his face. Why? Because he simply did an act of kindness. Isn't that right? Here, I've got a picture for you. Let's see if you can see what it is. Have a look at the pics. Uh, this is out of my garden, by the way, so I'm quite proud of the fact that they're actually, look at that. Don't look at the cooch that's climbing out of next, it's coming from next door. <laughs> but if I ask you, what kind of tree do you think that is? Why do you think it's a fig tree? Because it's got figs on it. We don't sit here and have a debate going, I'm pretty sure that's an apple tree. Yep, now I'm pretty sure that's orange. They're going to turn yellow any day now. We don't do that. We just go, we know what tree it is by the fruit it's got on it. So with that in mind, let me read Galatians 5 verse 22. You can leave it there for a minute. But the fruit of the Spirit, capital S, the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Now the first three, we're all over. Everybody can tell you the first three. Amen. Fruit of the Spirit's love. 
Everything is beautiful. Oh, I love you with the love of the Lord. And it's joy. Oh, there's joy unspeakable and full of glory. Peace, peace like a river. And we know all that. But you know, the Bible doesn't stop with just three fruit that grows on the life of a believer. It then goes on and talks about long-suffering. Amen. How many people say my long-suffering fruit has shriveled up and fallen off? How are you going in this season right now? Is your long-suffering fruit starting to grow? Huh? I don't even want that on the tree. How many people said I saw a long-suffering starting to grow and I pulled it off? <laughs> Threw it in the compost pot. But out of all the list of all these things that are in there, and there's nine of them, the one that always amazes me that it's a fruit of the Holy Spirit is the next one. Fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering. Of course, every Christian should be stoic and strong. And then it chucks this one in, says kindness. Imagine that. If you say you're filled with the Holy Spirit, if you say you're born again of the Holy Spirit, then in your life there ought to be a fruit called kindness. Huh? How's that going? Just check it. Amen. I, now, I've got a confession because I think for me, the place of greatest growth of kindness is when I get in the car. You are laughing way too much, brother. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that the Holy Spirit is just mm, tugging away there. Uh, but I don't know about the rest of you here. I, I don't. I don't want to be too honest. But I kind of feel like when I get behind the wheel of the car, the Holy Spirit, I think, goes and hides in the boot, in the trunk. I think he says to the angels, look, he's on his own. Kindness. Okay, I'll move on. I can tell that nobody wants me to keep going with that one. Here's the fourth one. Here's the fourth one that I think gets overlooked so easily, and that's encouragement. Thank God for all the encouraging voices in your life and mine. Amen. Thank God for all the people who want to come up and say, let me encourage you. Let me just tell you this story. Hey, thank you for this. Proverbs 11, verse 25, great verse. It says, the generous person will prosper. And it doesn't just stop there and talk about what we'll get. It says, when we refresh others, we ourselves get refreshed. Do you know the best remedy for feeling drained? exhausted, worn out, feeling like you can't take anymore. The best answer to that is not to go and hide under the bed. It's not to shut the door, turn off the phones and just to hope that everyone disappears. But the best remedy for that is go, who can I refresh? Because if you will refresh others, God says, I'll refresh you. Amen. Here's the last one, number five. Fifth thing that so easily gets overlooked. Influence and the people in your life right now and kindness, encouragement. The fifth one, well, I've called it unknown prayers. That's all the people that are praying for you and you may never know about it this side of heaven. I believe no prayer is ever wasted. Revelation chapter 5 and verse 8 talks about how in heaven there were golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of of the saints. 
Can you imagine that? God, somehow or other, every prayer you pray is filling up a bowl in heaven. Every prayer you pray, you cannot, listen to me, you cannot waste a prayer. You can't waste a prayer. And some of you will say, but Jeff, you've got to understand, I don't have a whole lot of faith. And you keep hearing about all these problems. And sometimes they're so big, are they? Sometimes they're just huge ones. Someone's life is threatened by an illness. Then on top of that, the treatment doesn't seem to be working. Then on top of that, it's affecting them financially. Then on top of them, their relationships start getting strained. Then on top of that, again, their own personal well-being, their mental life begins to struggle. And they feel like the weight is so strong on that part of their life. There's no way they've got enough to tip the scales into any kind of good thing. And then God starts working through a believer and maybe not even through a believer who knows what they're praying for. Maybe not even a believer who, who's kind of going, God, I, I saw that neighbour, I saw that person. Maybe you'll never get a chance to go to them and say, I'm praying for you. Maybe you'll never have opportunity to be able to do it. Like we've been praying for the last month for Levers and Dunsborough because of all the confusion, praying there'd be a supernatural peace over that whole area. And you know, I don't know about the rest of you here, but sometimes you can kind of think, well, God, that's a pretty big ask. But you know, the prayers of the saints begin to fill the bowl. Little bit by little bit. They start to pour in. Sometimes it happens quickly. Sometimes it doesn't happen quickly. Sometimes it's day, becomes another day, becomes another day. Can I just pause a minute and say thank God for all the people in this church that are part of our prayer team. I talked to a neighbour this week and I said, you know, she's got a big health battle going on. I said, you know, our church has a prayer team. We'll be praying for you. She said to me, would you? She said, oh, I'd love that. Do you know my entire life, I've had one person refuse prayer. One only. And the prayers keep going in. And, but you know, the weights are so big and it looks so difficult. But you know, the faithful believers just keep on praying. The faithful Christian just keeps on saying in Jesus' name, God, your word says that you'll pour out your spirit upon all flesh. And somewhere along the way, Lord, this is going to make a difference. And I don't always know how. But God, somehow or other, it's going to happen. Lord, would you do something great? Would you take my small effort? I don't feel like I've got a lot of faith. But Lord, would you pour out your spirit? And little bit by little bit, and day by day, and moment by moment, it gets poured out. And then one day, the scales tip. Now let me ask you a question. Which grain of sand was it that made the difference? Which one of all those tens of thousands maybe? I sure didn't count them. But which one of them tipped the scales? Which one of your prayers is going to make the difference? Maybe it's somebody else. I don't really care who does. 
influence the people in your life right now? Kindnesses, encouragement, unknown prayers. Here's the takeaway for you today. Not one of these five requires a specific gift. You don't have to have the anointing of encouragement. You don't need hands laid on you for influence, you already have it. You don't need to do a course so that you can pray well or properly. None of these five require a specific gift or some kind of personal experience or even a certain personality. Every single one of us can live a life, not just so that we are grateful. I wanna be grateful for sure, but more than that, I wanna live the kind of life so that other people are grateful that I lived. I want someone somewhere to say I'm grateful for Him. Thank God for that. It might only be a small kindness. It might be a word of encouragement. It might be an influence that nudges someone the right way or it might just be an unknown prayer and they'll never even know until they get to heaven. There are no wasted prayers. Amen. God wants to use your life. God wants to use you to build the kind of grateful society, the grateful community. Don't just pay people for what they do. Be grateful for what people do. Amen. Heavenly Father, help us today. We love You, Lord. We love You not just because of what You do. We love You because of who You are, the way You've revealed Yourself to us so that we get to understand, God, You're more than Santa Claus doling out presents. Lord, You're more than simply our, our spiritual butler attending to our needs. But You're our Heavenly Father. You love us. You so desperately love us that You gave Your only begotten Son to die on a cross so that we could become a part of Your family. You wanted us to be a part of who You call sons and daughters. People that belong, people that fit, people that have got closeness to You. We thank You for that. Father, I pray today for any person who's in the sound of my voice, whether they're in the building or whether they're online, and they say, I don't know Jesus like that, but I wish I did. I wish I did. I wish I did. Lord, would You take the unknown prayers that have been going out this week over every life. Someone somewhere has been praying for that person. They don't even know about it. But someone was praying today that as they heard this, they'd say yes to Jesus. So Father, we thank You for that. In the mighty Name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. If you want to say yes to Christ, it's got to be the simplest and easiest thing. There's a beautiful couple here this morning and uh, two Saturdays ago, wasn't it? Well, no, last Saturday, week only, was it? I married them. There they are sitting down there. And do you know, their whole life changed. They don't even know how much it changed. But trust me, it has. Amen. You know that bachelor who could move everything he owned in the boot of his car, well, that's, that's ended. But you know what changed their life and their future? He said, yes. She said, yes. And I said, I pronounce you husband and wife. And the whole life got changed 
By what? Some words. Why do people think it's strange that if you say yes to Jesus, words, your whole life will change? Of course it will. Of course it will. You're saying yes to Him who gave Himself for you. If you want to receive Christ, just bow your head with me a moment. Come on. If you're in the building right now and you say, Jeff, I don't know Jesus like that. I wish I did. Would you pray for me right where I am? I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm going to help you. Online, I'll show you in a minute how you can say yes to Christ as well. But if that's you and you'd like me to pray for you, would you just slip your hand up so I can see it wherever you are and then put it back down again. Thank you back there. I can see you. Who else? Just wherever you are, you say, that's me. I'm not going to embarrass you. I am going to help you today. Up in the balcony, I'm looking as well. I don't want to miss anyone out. Right up the back, thank you. Is there anyone else just wherever you are? You say, Jeff, that's me today. I'm going to pray for you. I know that Jesus will respond to your yes, just like He's done for all these other people here. Just to look across the building one more time, is there anyone else? If you're online, please make sure you join in this moment. Here's how easy it is. We started what we call a yes text line to make it easy in these times where distance has become such a deal. If you're in Australia, it's 0488-826-392. And you just text yes, why yes to that. If you're outside of Australia or you'd like our help via email, then it's at yes.metrochurch.org.au. If you're online with us on Metro Church Online, the Yes tab, the button is already there for you. Just click on that. What will we do? Well, I'll tell you what we won't do. We won't pester you. We won't ask you for anything. What we'll do is we'll give to you. On one screen of your smartphone, we'll come every morning uh, or via email if you choose that option. We'll come to you a Bible verse, a different one every day for 30 days. A prayer, a different one every day for 30 days to help you get started. If you want to continue, you can opt in for a whole lot more stuff, uh, more teaching, more help. That'll be available to you over the months that follow as well. So that number again is 0488-826-392. Yes.metrochurch.org.au. Oh, the yes button right there. And God bless you as you say your yes to Jesus. Can we give those people a great big hand and say well done?